Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hi, everybody. Trace Blackmore here, your host for Scaling Up H2O. And folks, I know you have heard me say it time and time again. You, as an industrial water trader, you have to get out there and you have to start attending some of the events that we have in our industry so you can learn new things. It's so easy for us day to day to work in the business, but it's those times where we're able to take ourselves out of the business that really allow us to apply things tenfold when we get back from a learning opportunity. So when you have these opportunities to go to and learn, that's only 50% of what you can get from those events. Of course, the other 50% are the people that you are going to meet that can help you with your career. Now think about that. How many times can you go somewhere and talk with somebody who understands exactly what you are talking about? They understand your day-to-day because they have the same day to day. Folks, get out there and meet those people. Then you can exchange information and they can actually hold you accountable for goals that you want to set and vice versa. It's also a great way, especially if you're going to a big convention and you can't go to every topic that they're discussing, you can now multiply your efforts by working with somebody else and now you can compare notes. That is such a great tip that somebody taught me years ago and every convention that I go to, I use that one. But I also know that there are people out there that are just terrified of hearing me say, go out there and meet strangers. Trace, they're strangers for a reason. They're strange. We don't want to meet them. Well, no, they're just like you. And chances are they're probably as nervous as you are about meeting you. And I tell you, when you get out there and you start meeting people and you start building your network, it is amazing at how much better you become because now you have other people that you can ask questions to. But you have to start at the same point. You have to go up and you have to introduce yourself. Now, I will share with the Scaling Up Nation that that is something that was very difficult for me. It was very difficult for me to go into a very loud, crowded room where everybody seemed to know each other and then for me to go and introduce myself. When I take assessment tests, I always come up introverted. Now, when I discuss my assessment tests with somebody else, they always say, are you crazy? I would never describe you as introverted. And there are certain things that I do that allow me to get over that and talk with people and be fun and get information out of people, but that does not come naturally. I really have to gear myself up to get to that point. And I taught myself that. Well, a great friend of mine, Donna Schrader, and she works for the Texas Tech University Career Center. She's actually created an entire course based on what we are talking about right now. So she's a family friend of mine and we got to talking over dinner about this and I thought it would be wonderful for her to share some of the tips that she's come up with to get over being shy so we can all profit from knowing people through networking. So Scaling Up Nation, I hope you enjoy my interview with Donna Schrader. 
My lab partner today is Donna Schrader of Texas Tech University. How are you, Donna? I'm great. How are you, Trey? I'm doing also great. Thank you so much for coming on Scaling Up H2O. And I want to share with the audience a conversation that you and I shared at an event that uh, you and I are both introverts. And, and I think we share that with each other. Yes, I am an introvert. Um, when I first started talking about being an introvert, my husband said, you are not. And I finally figured out, okay, he thinks introversion and shyness are the same thing. And I'm not shy, but I am introverted. So I want to talk a little bit about that, because when people meet me, the first word that comes to their mind is not introverted. And I, I do okay in conversations, but it's much easier for me to broadcast on this podcast than it is to talk to a very small group of people in the room. So what's the difference between being introverted and being shy? Well, introverted people get their energy from being alone or being uh, with one other person, where extroverts get their energy from being with lots of people. They like crowds. They like noise. They like, you know, things like concerts and parties. And for introverts, we're sitting there going, oh, my goodness, how soon can I leave? <laughs> because this zaps my energy rather than energizing me. Now, shyness is something entirely different. It is um, a fear of social interaction, uh, and there are ways to overcome being shy. I'm not an expert, but there are ways that you can practice to overcome shyness. Introversion is something that you either are or you aren't. I know that nowadays people talk about being on an, a... Uh, a, a continuum, and sometimes you're an introvert and sometimes you're an extrovert. And I do recognize that it's easier for me in my office with, with working with the students that I do at the Career Center um, that I am much more extroverted in those situations. But it's because I know what I'm talking about. Now, we were speaking earlier that you came up with basically a, a webinar to teach some of your students how to network better, how to at least get in the room and have these conversations. Do you mind telling us a little bit about the process you went through and why you created that? Well, my webinar for the students is called uh, Networking Confessions of an Introvert. And I am an introvert, and I confess all of the things that I did wrong through my career that I want them to learn not to do. So I'm uh, saying, you know, I would skip the networking event because I walked by and the room was crowded and noisy. Uh, and then I tell them, you know, give them suggestions for how to manage that noisy, crowded room. I could never think of things to ask people or talk about. So I give them uh, ways to think about, you know, what do you want to know? How do you ask those questions? How do you start a conversation? So it's, it's um, concrete information that will help them uh, hopefully learn to network much sooner than I learned to network. Well, I encourage people all the time on this show when they go to a training seminar or a convention or something like that to get out there and to not just learn the material sitting in the seats, but to go to the minglers. And is that the right word? Do you say minglers? Is that, is that how you say that? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I urge people to mingle. 
um, a lot of times they'll call it a, a cocktail hour. Um, the kinds of networking events I go to, generally uh, there's not a lot of alcohol. But, uh, you know, other places there there may be. So they could call it a cocktail party. They might even call it a meet and greet or a networking event. So there's lots of different ways to, to describe it. But the action is always the same. You're walking into a room to talk to people. Right. And when you do that, you now get to meet somebody that you didn't know before, and they might be able to help you in your career, or they might know somebody that knows somebody. So it's so important to network. Well, I think it helps with uh, professional success. Uh, it opens lines of communication that you might not ever have opened before if you didn't walk up and start a conversation. And, you know, you don't have to make this conversation last for hours. Uh, it only has to last for a few minutes to be productive. Well, let's go through some of the things that you teach your students. So you encourage them to network. You make sure that they're out there meeting people and people are out there meeting them. But one of the things that you talk about in your presentation that I can relate to so much is I can remember faces. I don't have an issue with that. But I have such a big issue with remembering names. And I have had somebody come up to me before where I've said, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And they said, you've met me three times before. And that just obliterated me. So now I'm <laughs> terrified that I'm going to forget people's names. Do you have any tips for that? Well, yes. One of mine is that I've had to learn the hard way is just ask. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Can you remind me? Uh, and I meet students all the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this is the first time I've ever seen them. And they may say, oh, no, we've talked before. And when I read their resume, I go, oh, yeah, I remember this resume. But I don't remember the students. I don't remember their face or their name. So I have learned to just ask. When someone knows me and I don't know them, I ask. But there are other things you can do. Uh, there are mnemonic devices where you, you know, use a phrase to remember their name or something about them. Um, some people use rhymes. My husband's a lot better at that than I am, so rhymes are not me. But I do use visuals. I will take that name and create a visual that goes with it so I can remember. For example... I know someone whose last name is Baldwin, and now I feel like I know them very well. But at the beginning, and this person is not bald, but at the beginning of our relationship, I always envisioned a bald man accepting a prize, so Baldwin. And I put him in there next to it like he was the person giving the prize, and that's how I remembered his name and his face. And that was very helpful. See, I would be worried I'd forget the mnemonic or whatever the visual was that I'd try to remember. <laughs> no, there's no easy way, but I've learned to just ask. I'm, I'm aware that we've met, but I don't remember your name. And I, a lot of times I'll say, I'm Donna, and they'll immediately remind me of their name. 
Well, that is so simplistic. And I got to tell you that I personally will avoid that question where I don't remember your name. Can you please tell it to me again? And I'm thinking of ways, well, maybe I can introduce them to somebody else that I do know their name and they'll say their name. So you're right. Just make it simple and say, can you remind me what your name is? Yes. Yes. And, and most people don't uh, respond negatively to that. You know, we're, well, I'm, I'm getting older and I just figure I have gray hair. I get a pass on something. But if you're 20 something, good luck. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't earned your gray hair yet, you, you're, you're just on your own then. <laughs> well, Donna, earlier I mentioned that us water treatment folk, we go to a lot of trade shows and training events and there are opportunities there for us to get together, for us to meet each other. And I always encourage people to get in those rooms and to start meeting people because now they have allies where they can compare notes on what they're learning. They can hold them accountable if they have certain goals. All of those wonderful things that can happen when you meet new people that do something like what you do. But in some of these events, we might have 20 different events that we could possibly attend, and that can be overwhelming for many. What do you recommend there? Well, one of the things I like to do is just look at what's available and what's going to appeal to me. What is going to provide information that will help me in my future? I, I want to learn all the time, but some things that I learn are much more useful to me than others. So I'm looking for the what's interesting, what's useful, and those kinds of things. Also, if you're going with a couple of people from your company, you know, you can divide up and conquer. So, you know, one goes to one thing, one goes to another, and then everybody comes back and talks about it. And so that can be a, a good way to handle that. But choose what's going to make you, what is going to be most productive for you. If you're going to a conference, you're spending time and effort and money, and what's going to be the most rewarding for you? Now, most likely, you might go to a conference with people you already know, and they might invite you to several different events that you can attend. Now, in using what you just said, let's say instead of going to 10, I'm going to go to three, but four people invited me to different ones. How do I make sure I don't let that last person down? Well, and you can be honest. Um, I think one of the most important things is to be able to say no politely, okay? I, I'm sorry, I've already made a commitment for that time or that day, whatever it is. But no is a complete sentence, and it can be said politely, you know, and then you move on to something else. I hope it goes well for you. Thank you for the invitation, whatever it is. And then you, you know, you move on either in the conversation or, uh, excuse me, I, I need to go now or whatever. Donna, why are people so afraid or, or maybe I should say, why are some people so afraid of attending networking events? Is there a psychology behind that? Well, yes, I'm sure there is. I, I read a lot of books in order to put this uh, webinar together and I've found a lot of, of good information about that. But a lot of times it's simply that uh, with being an introvert, we're zapped. We're not energized by big crowds and loud noises and things like that. We're, we're not. 
where an extrovert is going to go into that crowded, noisy place and immediately feel, you know, energized and enthusiastic. Introverts aren't going to feel that way. And so um, one of the things that I tell people is when you're confronted with that big, loud, noisy room that you're walking by thinking everybody in there knows everybody else and I'm the only stranger. Understand that you're not the only stranger and that while there are groups of people who know each other well and there's lots of noise and talking going on, everybody doesn't know everybody else. Um, So when I'm suggesting that you walk into that room I had a colleague who said, oh, what I do is I walk in and I stick to the edges of the room. I walk around the edges of the room. And he said, there's always going to be one person at least who's standing alone. And that's the person that I gravitate to. And so you start a conversation with somebody who's standing alone who is probably so grateful that you came and talked to them so they didn't have to start the conversation So that's one way that you get started. And then you you move on to the next person or you take that person with you to the next single person that you see and then the three of you are in a group conversation. There's really good information about how to start a conversation, how to continue the conversation, and then how to close the conversation in the webinar. Well, why don't we talk about a couple of those things? So one, I know a lot of people are scared about small talk. And I know you talk about small talk and you use that either for or, or against uh, the conversation that you're trying to have. And, and then you move into how to direct the conversation so it doesn't seem so awkward. So do you mind telling the Scaling Up Nation a little bit about that? Well, one of the things I want you to do is be present. Don't be thinking about, oh, I've got to go over and talk to this other person while you're talking to the person in front of you. And then every conversation starts with small talk, you know, uh, hi, how are you? How's the weather? But you don't have to leave it at that. You can ask more substantive questions. And that's going to be more interesting to you. You know, if all you ever do is talk about the weather and the food, you're, you're not really networking. So you got to go deeper than that. And then I would tell you, practice. Practice what you want to say. Practice how to move beyond the small talk. You want to make eye contact with people. You want to smile. Uh, That makes you approachable. If you're standing there with a, a blank face, and you're not making eye contact, and you've got your uh, arms crossed across your chest, then you're not approachable, and nobody wants to come and talk to you. So you've got to make yourself open to the new contact. So, you know, keep that in mind as you're doing this. Then ask open-ended questions. If you ask a question, uh, where are you from, you're going to get more information than if you ask, are you from XYZ company? Because that's a yes or no question. And once they've said yes or no, where do you go? So open-ended questions. A lot of times when I'm at a conference, I will start with, I'm Donna. I'm from Texas Tech University, the Career Center. Where are you from? What brought you to this conference? What are you learning that's most important? And then you move on to the more substantive things like, 
you know, how did you get into this career? And I once had someone who was going, well, I used to uh, be an English teacher and then I became an entrepreneur. Well, how did you do that? What are the steps you went through? People love to talk about themselves. They also like to give advice. So those are great ways to ask questions and then express interest. You're going to, oh, that's so interesting. Uh, I really am uh, impressed with that. And then you ask follow-up questions. Donna, do you have those questions pre-planned before you go to the networking event? Um, I do. <laughs> I know that sounds really nerdy and introverted, but I do. I plan what I'm going to say. I plan how to open up a question. And I really appreciate it when someone walks up to me and starts the conversation because then they've done the the heavy lifting as far as I'm concerned. And now we can move on to those more substantial conversations, those questions and, and the answers that really are going to make people go, oh, well, that's really important. I want to know more about that. And let's talk offline. Let's uh, continue this conversation by email or by phone after the conference. And that happens a lot. You were telling me earlier that you normally set goals where you say, these are the few things that I want to get done. And once I accomplish those, I'm free to go if I decide to. Do you mind sharing those with us? Oh, I don't mind at all. I set goals for myself. I'm going to exchange three business cards with someone. So that means there are people in there that maybe I've already met. I've already exchanged business cards with them. So while I may be pulled toward them because I've already met them and know something about them, I have to go and talk to new people that I haven't met. And then I give myself permission to leave. So there are networking events a lot of times at conferences that they'll take you away from the hotel where the conference is happening. They'll take you to a concert or a, a play or something like that. And those things are really nice and, and interesting, but, you know, if the networking event, you know, all right, we see the play, which lasts, you know, an hour, and now we're supposed to network, uh, but the networking thing lasts two hours and the buses aren't going to take us back to the conference for two hours. Well, I plan how I'm going to leave. I plan that I'm going to get a taxi or I'm going to, you know, and, and that has to be something that I plan ahead of time because I have to know the name of the hotel I'm going back to and the address for it and uh, about how much money it's going to cost me to take that taxi, all of those kinds of things. And so uh, nowadays we have Uber and Lyft, and so it's a lot less traumatic because, you know, you have to figure out, okay, how do you call a taxi? And, you know, if you're in the hotel you ask the front desk, will you call me a taxi? And they do. But if you're uh, at another event, another venue, you know, knowing how to call that taxi or that Uber or whatever, it's going to take a load off your mind and you get to decide, okay, it's been 45 minutes. I can leave now. And, and you do that. Do you ever worry that you're not getting your money's worth out of where you're going to? Oh, I don't. 
<laughs> All right. So I'm an employer. I send one of my people. They're introverted. Now they've got the extra pressure that they want to make sure that I feel that they're doing everything they can to the event that I sent them to. So now they've got that added pressure. What advice would you have for them? Okay. Well, that added pressure that your employer is expecting you to come back having networked with people. Okay. You you exchange three business cards the first day, you exchange three business cards the second day, and on the third day when it's probably only about, you know, half a day, maybe you only exchange one or two. But that's eight or nine business cards. And now when you come back, you also will, you know, come back to the office. Now you're going to email those people. I really enjoyed our talk about whatever it was, and, you know, I... You have to have a mutual exchange. You can't just exchange business cards. You have to exchange knowledge and information. And I think that you would really like to know this person. I don't have their uh, contact information with me right now, but when I get back to the office, I'll email it to you. And those kinds of email conversations can be very, very helpful. And email or phone conversations uh, are a lot less scary to me than a face-to-face meeting. Well, that's great advice. Well, and I think, you know, you come back with enthusiasm. I, I learned this. Hey, boss, I learned this and this, and I uh, made a connection here and here. And that helps a lot, too. Something you and I were laughing about the last time we saw each other is my wife accuses me of not knowing how to close a conversation. The conversation will be over and I keep it going and going and going and going. (laughs) You're very good at that. Can you give the Scaling Up Nation some tips on the right way, the non-offensive way to close a conversation? Well, and you do want to be uh, uh, polite. And inoffensive. You don't want to just say, okay, I'm done with you and walk away because that could be offensive. But think in terms of what you need to do. Uh, Please excuse me. I need to go speak to my boss or my coworker or whatever. Uh, And a lot of times it's, you know, if the buffet is open, you can have your conversation and say, excuse me, I'm uh, really enjoyed meeting you and talking, but I'm going to go freshen my drink or get something to eat. And then another way is to set up, you know, can we meet again? Can we talk tomorrow over coffee? Okay. One-on-one over coffee uh, certainly is uh, a lot less nerve-wracking for me than that big, huge room with all the people in it. Uh, it was nice talking to you uh could perhaps we could meet later and talk some more, or I really did enjoy what you just said. Um, I want to move beyond that and learn more. So you can set up another another meeting. You can set up an email conversation. Let me email you once I get back to the office. Those kinds of things. But what you don't want to do is make the other person feel that they are inconsequential or that they're just one more box you had to check off. <laughs> and and you and it requires practice. You're going to need to practice those things. That's a great point. 
you told me something that I was very surprised, and I want to explore with you a little bit. You said one of the best ways to get over your fear of going to an event or speaking to people at an event is to actually plan the event yourself. And that just blows my mind. Can you talk a little bit around that and how that's actually helpful? Well, what I, what I suggest is not planning that huge networking event, but to plan that smaller networking event. You choose a smaller room, a conference room, a small meeting room, whatever it is, and you're in charge. You're in charge of who gets invited. You're in charge of how long it lasts. You're in charge of the coffee, the juice, the bagels, or whatever that gets served. So you are making those decisions, and, you know, you're the host. You greet people. So you've invited them. You have a reason for inviting them. Maybe you want these three people to meet the other three people that you invited. And you're the one who's making sure that everybody's talking. Maybe there's a specific subject that you want everybody to talk about or a question you want them to explore. But being in charge, you get to decide when it's over. And that's wonderful because... We're going to meet for 30 minutes or an hour, and then everybody's going to disperse, and we'll talk by email and by phone again. We'll continue the conversation that way. It's different from going to a conference where the evening networking starts at, you know, 6 o'clock and, you know, goes into then we're going to have dinner, everybody goes to dinner together, and those kinds of things. Those were the things that made me go up to my room and order room service because I just I couldn't, I could not fathom being with all of those people for three or four hours without a way to escape. (laughs) And, you know, if you're in charge, you've already got your escape planned. I will tell you from my own experience, having a task like you were saying earlier, or being the host or, or being responsible for something, that takes my mind off all those little small things that we tend to worry about. And my issue isn't really, you know, being so introverted that it and being so shy that I I can't I can't go to those events, but it's hard for me to get started. Once I get started, I'm fine, but it does take that extra effort to get out there and to meet that first person and to then go around the room and make sure that I'm meeting other people. So I want to ask you, there's a lot that we've talked about here today, all helpful. If somebody just joined in right now and they could just hear one piece of this interview, what's the one thing that you want to make sure that the Scaling Up Nation leaves with? Oh, wow, that's a really, really good question. I think the one thing that everyone needs to know about networking is that you are not expected to walk in that room and meet every person in that room, that you can meet two or three, that two or three genuine conversations and connections is so much better than you know, getting 50 business cards but not remembering any of those people or why they were important or if they're important to you. So I would say um, the most important thing is recognizing that making two or three real genuine connections is so much more important than meeting lots of 
That's great advice. And I also have to say great advice you said earlier was to have a plan to reconnect with those people when you got home, to send that email, to make that phone call, because now the conversation's still fresh. They're going to remember you and you might have that long lasting relationship that you wouldn't had you not gotten back with them. Yeah. And that is so important. Well, Donna, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of the things that you've learned that have worked so well for you, so well that you actually teach it to others. But I actually have a couple of lightning round questions for you, so I'm not quite done with you yet if you're ready. Okay. All right. So now uh, I think you know, you know me well enough that I'm this huge Back to the Future fan. I have a flux capacitor in <laughs> my car. I think you've seen that. Yeah. So I now have. we are. We are going to get in the car. We're going to set the flux capacitor uh, and the time circuits back to your very first day where you went to your first networking event. You see yourself standing over there, probably on the outside of the room, over there in the corner. You now walk over to yourself. What advice do you give? Oh, it's okay. You're going to be fine. You don't have to meet every one of these people. And in 10 minutes, you can leave and go up to your room. There you go. Now, I know in you creating this presentation, you've read a lot of books around this. What are some of the books that deal with this topic? Oh, well, Susan Cain is an author that I would recommend. She's written several books about introversion. Um, Jen Graneman, uh, her book is called Secret Lives of Introverts. The Introvert's Guide to Professional Success is by Joyce Sheldon. Those are really good books. Uh, there are a lot of really good books out there. So choose something that appeals to you if you want to read and get more information. Uh, don't have to read every one of these. And I'm sure that there are more books out there that are equally good. I just haven't read them. I'll make sure to put those on my show notes page. Now, Hollywood's going to hear about you. They're going to want to make a movie about Donna Schrader, who plays Donna. Oh, my goodness. Um well, no one knows this, but I'm four foot eleven, so I always wanted Brooke Shields to play me because she's not four foot eleven. Um, she's over six feet, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That you know, that's me. I see myself as being, you know, uh, a six foot five Amazon woman with a spear. So that's how I see myself. Well, why not? You should see yourself that way. And and I actually see you right now wearing your T-shirt that you like to wear to some of these networking events. And do you mind sharing with the Scaling Up Nation what that T-shirt says? It says, I'd love to stay in chat, but I'm lying. So we'll have to make sure to get that in an extra tall when Brooke plays you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so my last question is, you now have the ability to speak with anybody throughout history. Who would it be with and why? I think I would really, really like to go back and talk to Eleanor Roosevelt. She was a woman who was not naturally extroverted, but she had passionate causes, and those causes uh, made her willing to put herself out there. And uh, she, didn't, she didn't really want to be in politics, and she didn't really want to be married to a president, but that's what she got, and she made the most of it. 
Well, Donna, thank you so much for coming on Scaling Up H2O. I know that you are helping people because I've seen people on the outskirts of the room. I have been one of those people. And the tips that you shared with us today certainly would have helped me. And I know they're going to help other people. So thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. This has been great. Nation, I hope you were able to get some tips from Donna. I know that what she was talking about would have been so helpful for me when I first started out. And I have to say that when she was talking about some of these tips, I was going back to when I first joined the Association of Water Technologies. Now, I remember it was just me. I was the only person in my company at the time. And I flew somewhere and I went to the hotel. And of course, right at the hotel, there were people People, other water treaters that were greeting each other and hugging each other and talking to each other in the lobby, and I didn't know anybody. So I felt like I was the only person in there that was alone. So I went through most of the convention feeling that way, and it was very difficult because I had that feeling to get out there and introduce myself to people, but I forced myself to do it. We had some opportunities for us to network, and I gotta tell you, the first night, I was very overwhelmed and I decided that I was gonna go back to my room and do room service. And then later I thought, you know what? I'm really missing an opportunity here. Tomorrow, or actually it was the following week, I would be back in the field servicing and talking with customers. I would be working in the business. And this was my opportunity to work on my business, to work on me, and the next night, I forced myself to go into that crowded, loud room and I started talking with people. Well, I made myself do that at each and every function and I started to get to know people. And then when I came back to the AWT convention the following year, I knew people and I then gravitated to those people and they said, hey, it's so good to see you. Let me introduce you to somebody else. And I kept doing that and kept doing that. And eventually I became involved. And with any organization, when you start to do something, at least with me, it took the pressure off the fact that I didn't know a lot of people. I was actually doing something for a lot of people. And that created the experience where people would actually come up and introduce themselves to me. Well, then I became the Association of Water Technologies president in 2012. And everybody knew me because every analyst magazine that came out had my picture in it. And people would come up and start talking to me as if we had already met. And that's where the experience happened that I shared with Donna. And I said, you know, I, uh, it's very nice to meet you. And this person said, Trace, you've met me three times. And I got to tell you, I do not remember meeting them three times. And I had met so many people when the convention was in Atlanta, my hometown, and I was also president, that I could remember who I met and who I didn't meet. And since that one person said that to me, I am just terrified that somebody's going to think that I forgot them. So I will share a tip. And if I have used this on you, just know that it was out of love because I don't want to hurt your feelings. I, from that date, have never said to another soul that it is nice to meet you. I always say great to see you because that works in any situation. 
Well, folks, people now come up to the Association of Water Technologies and they will find me and say they have a hard time meeting people. And I understand that. Now, whether we're talking about the AWT or we're talking about ASHRAE or we're talking about BOMA or IFMA or any of those other organizations out there, I promise that if you work at it, and you don't have to spend a lot of work at it. You just need to make yourself available to go out there and to meet a couple of new people. Donna shared with us that her goal was just to meet three people. She was going to get three business cards and give out three business cards and then make sure that she went back later when she got home and reached out to those people, making sure that she really sealed the deal on those relationships. So for those of you that are like me, start small and just stick with it. Some of the tips that Donna said definitely could help. And remember, there are other people out there that feel the exact same way that you do. Now, a lot of people are very surprised to hear me talk on this show, but I got to tell you, it is so much easier for me to speak with the 10,000 people in the Scaling Up Nation or to go to a training event and speak to 300 people on stage than it is for me to go up in a group of people that I do not know and start a conversation. So I can relate. If you are curious about some of the events that are available to us water treaters, I did a list of all the things that are coming up that are close to our industry on our very first episode of this year. So that was episode 67. So go to your favorite podcast player and look for episode 67. It's called the first one of 2019. Or you can go online at scalinguph2o.com forward slash 67. So folks, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this can help you. Or if you know somebody that's struggling with this, maybe you can share this with them. That can help them. And folks, I enjoy bringing this podcast to you so much. So I will talk to you next week on Scaling Up H2O.